Today's gospel lesson is a good one. And this parable comes at a point in the gospel when Jesus is doing his second big teaching. The gospel of Matthew is very well structured. And effectively, what we get in the story of Jesus told in the Gospel of Matthew is two big teaching sections. Now, we know the first, the Sermon on the Mount. That teaching session, we get the Beatitudes and all of these wonderful sayings. And then we get to the second teaching section that comes at the very end of Jesus' public ministry. It's not going to be long before Jesus is arrested, tried, and crucified. And so in this second big teaching of Jesus's, He does a lot of parable storytelling, and we get one of those really good parables in today's lesson. Now, this parable is, on the surface, not terribly hard to understand, right? There's an owner, a master, who brings his servants together before he goes on a big trip. And he gives five talents to the first, two talents to the second, and one talent to the third. Now, a talent at that point in time was a large sum of money. In fact, anywhere between 10 and 20 years of normal wages. So we'll say about 15 years of wages is one talent. So five talents, huge. But one talent, that was big too. And as the master goes away, these servants have a choice. They have a choice about what to do with this money, with this property, with this wealth. And the first, of course, does something good and makes five more. So turns his five into 10. The second does equally well, turns his two into four. But the third, who only has this single talent, this smaller amount of money, goes and buries it in the ground, literally buries it out of fear that he might lose something. And the master is not very happy when he gets back. Now on the surface, that story is you know, relatively simple. If you've been given some stuff, go do something good with it, right? Make more out of what you have been given. For Jesus, in his time, the people listening, Jesus was really pushing on them to understand what the Messiah was all about. Put yourself in the shoes of those first century Jewish people who are listening to Jesus tell this story. What Jesus is really doing is hearkening back to everything that God has given the Jewish people over centuries and centuries. The law, the commandments, prophets, all of these wonderful teachings. And Jesus is saying to the people listening to him that day, look at everything that you have gotten. What have you done with what God has given? And Jesus is kind of putting the screws into him to say, it's not been enough. There is more that we can do. That doing is not just for the first century, but Jesus is really putting it to us in the 21st century as well. What about our talents? Now, it is true in this parable, Jesus is talking about wealth, a sum of money, something tangible. But we actually get the development of our understanding of talent from this story. The idea that we have talents that are not really tangible money, but instead gifts and abilities comes directly from this story. All of us here have been given something by God, have been given some talent, and we can then do or not do with what God has given. 
You know, we often think that God just kind of pops around doing stuff or not doing stuff. When we have conversations or when I talk to people in Bible studies and, and other places, it does sort of seem like we're watching God. You know, like, I sure hope God does that thing, or I really hope God will do this other thing. And we sort of seem like observers or bystanders. But you see, God doesn't work that way. God doesn't go around either doing or not doing at his will, but instead, God is asking us to participate. God wants us to do with him. That's actually the way this works. This whole story, this invitation, this salvation is about a doing with God, not watching God as God goes about doing things. That's really where the talents come in, where the ability comes in. We are being called to do what we can do in small and big ways as part of God's kingdom building work. Now, there are a couple ways you can look at this idea of talents. The first, which is, has been preached here at St. Michael, is this, uh, this idea that God calls us to do some stuff that we may not be confident in doing. We may not know how to do it. We not, may not believe that we can do it. One popular way of saying this is God does not call the equipped. God equips the called. And that's wonderful. That is absolutely true, that there are moments in our lives when God calls us to do some stuff that we really don't think we can do. We are almost certain we will fail, and we might kind of bargain with God a little bit. Like, really? Really, I'd rather do this other thing, God. Why don't you call someone else to do that? Because I'm not good, right? We see this over and over in Scripture, right? One of the classic examples is Moses. Moses, who isn't a good speaker, who might have a lisp or a stutter or something like that, is called to go speak to Pharaoh and free God's people. And what does Moses say? I can't talk well. Why me? God equipped him for that call. And God will equip us when we are called to do things that we may not think we are able to do. But it doesn't just end there. Because God often calls us to do the stuff we are absolutely equipped to do. God often might call an accountant to be treasurer of the church or a nonprofit, because they're good at that. God might call a knitter to knit shawls and blankets for people who are sick or lonely. God might call people who are really good at making money to make more money and to give more of that money away. We are equipped to do quite a lot. And God calls us both ways to make an impact on our world. Now, when I think back to this gospel lesson, my heart really goes out to that third servant, right? I mean, poor thing, right? First off, he gets less, right? Put yourself in his shoes. So he walks up with these other two servants, and the first servant gets five talents. Oh my gosh, that's a huge amount of money. And the second gets two, and he's probably thinking, what about me? And then he gets one. And so if he's looking down the line, five, two, one. He's obviously a little afraid of the master. We're not entirely sure what that means, but there's a little fear there. Maybe that's a healthy fear. And so when the master goes away, he's looking down the line and thinking, I have a lot more to lose. When the master comes back, I better not have less than I have now because then I'll look even worse compared to these other two. 
And so what does he think? Afraid. And he goes and buries this. And can't you sympathize? I can. He wants to make sure he does not lose this one talent. And looking down the line, he sees that they have so much more. But remember, one talent was 15 years wages. He had plenty, a lot, and yet he thought that he didn't have much. He was afraid that he might lose the little bit that he had. And so instead of using it for good, he buries it in fear. When I look around and have conversations with people, I cannot tell you how often people here in our community tell me just how little they have. When people here in our community are so afraid of losing what they have because it feels like it's so little, when everyone watching here has plenty. Every person worshiping with us today has plenty. And that is not a statement of some kind of financial assessment. That is a statement of faith. We all have enough. We all have more than enough. But just like that third servant, we often look around and see other people who have a lot more or seem to have a lot more. And then it makes us think that we actually don't have as much as we think we do. And we become afraid that we might lose what little we have when we, listen, when we have plenty, every person. Today, Jesus' parable, his story, is putting it to us to imagine just what we can do with what we have. Now, today is Mission and Outreach Sunday, and this is a great day to celebrate the work that hundreds of people in this church do out in the community and beyond. There is so much amazing work being done through this church, and it's great to have a day when we can lift up some of that work. Now, the caveat here is I'm going to name a few things that people are doing. I'm not going to name everything. Some of you will be like, what about me? I love you. Okay, so, and all that work is so, so good, but we only have a few minutes. And I was told when I came out of seminary that short sermons will really be appreciated by everybody. So we're not gonna go forever, but I do wanna lift up some of the things that are happening in this church that are so, so good. See, mission work, outreach work, service work changes the giver. No matter how much we think we give, we always get more than we give. And the people who have bitten that hook of service and mission know exactly what I'm talking about. It becomes a way of life. In effect, when we give, we realize that the gifts that God have given us are only meant in the service of others and in the service of the world. And that no matter how much we give, we always have enough. And perhaps we get even more than we ever thought we could give in the first place. When I look around St. Michael, there are some amazing examples of turning talents into something really powerful. Especially in this pandemic, that kind of work has needed to get creative. Right? I look at 
one of the shining stars of the St. Michael Church, which is the women of St. Michael and the Women's Exchange, taking service hours, volunteer hours, and every year turning just time into hundreds of thousands of dollars, millions of dollars over the years that has been given to incredible organizations all over our city and beyond. Look at that, just time turns into that much that can be given away. I think about in this pandemic, our Meals on Wheels drivers who immediately stepped up and took every extra route that we were asked to take. Some people driving two, three, four times more often than they were before the pandemic. Why? Because they were not gonna let people go hungry. I look at this church. Immediately we started collecting food, hundreds and hundreds of pounds of food for people who were vulnerable, who couldn't get to the grocery store, who felt safer in their homes than they did in the stores. And we helped meet those needs. We've activated nearly $100,000 of extra grants just since the pandemic that we had not planned to activate in order to help children in our community who are in neighborhoods where they don't have access to high-speed internet or where they don't have devices that help them to learn virtually. We have international mission groups in particular the group from Honduras, who were not able to travel this year to do the service that they wanted to do. And so rather than just not traveling this year, they took the money they would have spent to travel and to serve, and they collected that money and they gave it out to local outreach groups, trying to help people here in this community because service doesn't stop just because you can't get on an airplane. And then I think about Christmas and the holidays. I believe in angels, heart of giving. These excellent things that we do every year have immediately pivoted to go all virtual, all digital, so they can still gather enough up to help the people in our community have an excellent Merry Christmas. And then most recently, we feature, we will be featured in the Dallas Morning News for one of our excellent ministry groups, the St. Mary's Guild. The St. Mary's Guild, you may know them. They're the ones that feed you on Sundays. They sit out in the lanai and they bake goods, cupcakes, cookies, pigs in a blanket, you name it. And they become the magnet, that social magnet on Sunday mornings during the school year. Why? Well, because everybody likes a pig in a blanket. And they couldn't sell once the quarantine began. They couldn't cook at home and bring food here and sell to the people who weren't in this building anymore. And it took a couple months, but they realized they can still bake and cook and give. And so they began baking and cooking and wrapping more than 50 dozen items a week since the early summer. And they come here every week, gather these items together and distribute them to four local hospitals. And when they do, those people on the front lines, those healthcare workers, know they've not been forgotten. The story that's coming out in the paper tells the story of making good food, but that's not really the story, is it? The story is, we're in a quarantine, we're in a pandemic. None of us can live the lives like we had been living before this, so what do we do? Well, you got an oven? You've got some ingredients in your pantry. And so it sounds like baking cookies or cupcakes isn't a big deal. 
And to be honest, it's not a big deal when you just bake some in your house. But when dozens of others do that, and you coordinate that work together, and you take care of the people who are working every day in this vulnerable ways that are life and death, all of a sudden that little bit of talent has been multiplied over and over and over again. And that is what Jesus is really talking about today. See, this church has a talent for mission. This church community has a talent for mission that we have been celebrating for decades. Many of you out there are a part of that work, but most of you are not. And today, I want you to hear me. We need you. The mission work that we do at this church is not an observer sport. We need you to jump in. We need your hands and your feet. We need your talent in order to do the most good. And so today on this Mission Outreach Sunday, let's celebrate what we have done, yes. But let us never, never stop growing, doing more and making a bigger impact because we have plenty and there is plenty more that we can give. For those of you out there who want to serve, get involved. Visiting stmichael.org serve is a great way to start. You can read about what we do, you can sign up, and then you can help use your talents in a godly way to change the world for the better. Jesus is calling us to use what God has given us. Never, never think that you lack. Never, never think that you don't have enough. Never live your life in fear. Do not be afraid to use what God has given you to help build this kingdom on earth. And when you do, you'll find that you'll always get so much more than you ever give. Amen.